Tessa, what do you do when nine days of Fast and Furious just isn't enough? Make another episode. This is the nine days of Fast and Furious. Welcome to the nine... Ten days of Fast and Furious. Monkey on my backlog's first limited series. We're back for a 10th episode because we just couldn't stop talking. Which I guess is a good thing when you're podcasting. I'm your host, Sam Morris, and with me are Tessa Suela and Megan Spell. Here's the rest of our conversation that began in yesterday's episode about Hobbs and Shaw. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit, since this is our final episode, let's talk about the franchise as a whole. So again, we can talk about the whole thing now. This was the first time I had seen any of these movies. I can definitely see a trajectory <laughs> where it sort of goes all the way up. And then and then the last two, I mean, like, eight is not my favorite, as I mentioned. I think it has a lot of really good parts to it, but it is not as good of a film as some of the, the mid ones. So I'm, I'm curious about that. And the spinoff is obviously, as we've just mentioned, not as good. So I can definitely see a trajectory as far as the films go. But overall, much better than I thought they had any right to be. And I think... Especially looking back now, like you said, Megan, early earlier, I think the telenovela storyline, the plot line, is really what keeps this anchored in some ways. Even though they have Americanized it, even though they have uh, played with it quite a bit, and they've balanced that earnestness with that playfulness, I think that the fact that they're bringing in Dom's brother in the next movie, which is John Cena with a mustache basically the second they cast john cena i'm like "Mm, vin diesel's brother (laughs) (laughs) i think the telenovela thing is really important and i did not know that going into this i really didn't know that that was going to be an element that was so integral to the success of these movies what what are some of your thoughts megan yeah, well, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, my second favorite Fast movie is Seven. And that's purely hinges on that final scene there with the, um, you know, song and them driving off uh, for one last race. I mean, I like cried like a baby. <laughs> like, and I didn't know, even as I, even as a Fast and Furious fan, didn't know that I was going to be that <laughs> impacted <laughs> by a Fast and Furious movie, which is silly. But, and Vin Diesel's reciting that, like, basically a poem that he actually <laughs> wrote for Paul Walker. And it's, like, really emotional for me. And I'm like, it's, I don't know, like, when you talk about how some of the cast didn't like that, you know, Shaw was joining the team because he killed Han. And I'm like, that core cast, like, as much as it seems ridiculous because, like, it's a movie. <laughs> like, they understand what we, how we feel, though. And they're like, the fans won't, won't like that we team up with him. And I'm like, correct. I won't. Like, and I understand Jason Statham's a very entertaining actor. Loved him in Spy. But <laughs> he killed Han. <laughs> and so get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is it's interesting that these people are as invested in the fandom as they are. Like, because there is a really yeah. I mean, like I said before we started all this, I I feel like there is a big stereotype and it's a stereotype that I definitely held for a long time that this is just like a hi- hyper masculine, dumb, you know, let's just do dumb things in cars types of type of movie. And they do hyper masculine dumb things in cars they do that 
But like yeah. the fact that all these actors bring like a hundred percent to their roles, like they really understand how in, how to invest, I guess, like both both talent yeah. and and themselves in these roles, and I think that's what makes it work, especially Vin Diesel. Yeah, and I think also like this is like Vin Diesel's like basically like heart and soul of what he works on nowadays and i mean you know when paul walker was alive and working this was like the main thing that he did this is the main thing that almost everyone in this series is known for except for like the rock and jason statham so when you introduce those characters you're like the stakes aren't the same for them and you feel it from the others this is like their baby and the rock's here for a weekend you know like so it's just a little different the rock can hop back out and go film jumanji or you know <laughs> i don't know what else the rock is working on <laughs> rampage was a bad movie he was in oh, but like this is like vin is invested in this he's a producer this is his child and i think a lot about like when you watch you know uh tokyo drift and vin shows up at the end and i'm like i didn't know i cared so much about vin but he's here he's here in tokyo this is amazing <laughs> like and that's when you're kind of like okay and then they pivot and like kind of change the whole trajectory of the whole thing and you're like yes you're listening you understand and so i think I eight is probably like I uh, I like a lot of stuff uh about the fast and furious franchise so there are things about eight that i enjoy but it's for me, one of the lesser ones, because I feel like it's they're kind of starting to, you know, act more in a machine where they're thinking about this as a product and less about it as like Fast and Furious and what we want to see in a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I think also, I mean, we've talked a lot about the shifting roles of women over the course of this series, the female characters especially. And people like Michelle Rodriguez have really fought to be a part of this franchise in the way that she is now. And so it does feel like, even though I like the some of the earlier movies it really feels like she has she has had to fight more for this franchise like just to be a part of it just to be a central character in it just to do all the cool stuff that like really really cool action stuff that she gets to do um a lot more than any of the other characters as well and i would really love like i think you know if they were to bring back like eva mendez i think that'd be really fun and interesting um i you know i'm you know I, I like almost all the characters that have been here from like the beginning. Obviously, <laughs> uh, Gal Gadot is uh, pretty busy these days, so uh, I, I understand <laughs> that she has a lot more going on. Um, but I just, I, I, I was a silly person who was sitting in my office, don't tell my boss, uh, the day that they were announcing the Fast and Furious trailer. And I watched like that ridiculous concert that was like held in Miami like a month before the pandemic started. And was like oh man i can't wait for them to release the trailer and then when they released the trailer and you saw han was coming back and then he walked out on the stage i mean i was in my office and i was like yelling at people down the hall i'm like han's alive i knew it (laughs) so uh (laughs) i'm really uh cool to work with so (laughs) so i so you you just you just did a two out of three so i have to invoke the third one so we have the no body no death squad right we have Han, we have Giselle, Gal Gadot's character, but we also have Elena, played by Elsa Pataki. Yes. Nobody, yes. no death. I, think, I know we're supposed I think to think she's Elsa shot. Elsa Pataki 
<laughs> I think we could get her. You know, like, I'm not sure we could get Gal Gadot these days. I think we could get Elsa Pataki. Nothing against her. Very talented in these in these movies. But I think they won't bring her back because it complicates the stuff with Vin and Letty, you know, and like we do, you kind of want the complication, but you also want to know in your heart that it's all going to work out. And like, you know, no one's actually going to get their heart broken. And we're kind of late in the series to to add in like a true uh <laughs> love triangle you, you can cut this out sam because i've already mentioned it on a previous episode but yeah. in fast we're seven we're just gonna talk about all the episodes the, the again best now. the best line everything we said the best line that vin mm-hmm. diesel has like besides maybe some of the stuff about paul walker just because of paul walker but the besides all right. of that the best line in the entire series is in seven yes seven seven's the one with jason statham okay it's in seven where she gets where Letty gets all of her memories back and she says, like, why didn't you tell me that we were married? And Dom is like, because you can't tell someone that they love you. And it's just like the best line. Like, I was just like, that's it. We're so done. Good. Like that. Like, who says <laughs> like, that they don't have good and writing? Like rock style. She picked up. And no one would say story. that in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, that's <laughs> you know? the difference. Like, that's the here. difference. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I like. They don't ever really spend as much time on the interpersonal relationships. Like Dom and Letty's relationship has probably had the most actual screen time. Like not even Brian mm-hmm. and Mia's relationship has had that much screen time in this series. But even mm-hmm. then they don't spend as much time on that because they kind of assume that you know that these characters are going to be together. But I just that line just gets me. Gets me. Right. And the other thing that's like interesting about these movies is as much as they're about like cars and women, like Everyone in this movie is like, I like this is my soulmate though. Like it's not like there are like women. The door is not like it's not a revolving door of Bond girls, you know. Like Dom's like, well, obviously Letty is my true love, and while she was dead, I, I you know had other relationships, but they were also very serious, you know. Like I I don't know. I just love this freaking series. <laughs> so you you mentioned last time North Korea. And I said to mm-hmm. Tessa, I get this now. I get why yeah. you said that. I also stand by the idea that I, I, I like the idea of knowing that Mission Impossible is going to go full space for sure. But I definitely think I definitely think we're going to see Vin Diesel and Zero G at some point. You know, whether it's I, a vomit I, I, comet me, situation or it's a in orbit, I don't know what to tell you. That to me, there's like the the temptation of putting Tyrese in space. Like, how do you not greenlight that? That sounds insane. <laughs> you mean like for real, putting Tyrese Gibson in space, or or for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what what other fun predi- either predictions or wish list or both? I suppose. What else you got on the list? Right. So, I mean, I, I think I talked about this last time, but I think I, I, how I would like them to do it. And, uh, I am available for phone calls. Um, (laughs) I, I want, I think nine should be ridiculous and 10 should be ridiculous going to space and then i think 11 you bring it all the way back like they're in la it's small there's something super low stakes and they're just like 
one more run type thing, but it's something that's like a little less dramatic. I think after 10, you kind of, I want there to be some sort of cresting of a hill and then I want it to be just like, like 10 or 11. It's just like pure familia, you know, like some car pranks, but like, I think that one should just be like throwback for the fans, like much smaller, even a smaller budget, which is, you know, sacrilege to say, but I think that would be a lot more entertaining. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of what I want. I, I assume they'll keep bringing in, you know, whatever, uh, jacked guy they can find, Dave Bautista in 10 or whatever. Uh, and who's to say? I mean, I'm just excited to have Han back. I think Sung Kang is so, so charismatic and, uh, I would watch a whole movie about him probably, but, uh, if he just walks in snacking on something, I'll be I'll be pleased. Wouldn't that be great if Justin Lin taking back over the franchise was like, okay, and actually Ten is about Han. Like, <laughs> uh, I just want to point out oh my that God. Justin Lin took <laughs> over the franchise with a movie about Han. Just I'm gonna stop you right there. That's yeah, true. That is true. That was his breaking. <laughs> He's going back to his roots. Yeah. I mean, that would just be great. Yeah, they're like some team members who like haven't really spent time. Like, I mean, you were saying like the Corona thing is overblown. Like, Eleven should end with them like all on a rooftop drinking a Corona, and that should be you know fade to black. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I also really want Nathalie Emmanuel to be more developed in some way. Like, I want yes. her to be yes. cause she's like the other girl on the team now, and I because Gal Gadot's gone. Yeah, so I would. I would really like her to be developed more and outside of her relationship with Tej and Roman. Like, I think that relationship is funny. Like I enjoy that, but I would like to see more of her do more Michelle Rodriguez style stuff. Right. And I think, I think they have the problem where they'll be like, well, the one thing about this woman is that she's better than the boys at X. And I'm like, yeah, there are more things to win that women are in, like, <laughs> women are humans too. I know almost none of these people act like humans <laughs> in this <laughs> series, but I think, and also while we're shipping, I think Natalie with Tej bring back Eva Mendez, Eva Mendez with Roman. Ooh, That's how I want it to okay. go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I asked this of Tessa yesterday. I, I don't know. Uh, are, are you a Game of Thrones person? I have seen all of Game okay. of Thrones, yes. So here's the question. Which, so as I said, I think Fast and Furious is becoming the island of lost toys for, for Game of Thrones secondary characters because we have, mm-hmm. we have Miss Sandy, we had Tormund. Who do you want? It can't, can't be a Snow or a Stark. I guess that's the same thing. Or a Targaryen, who do you want? Okay, I already have an answer. I'm so excited. <laughs> I really want. It. I really um, want you to say okay. the same thing that Tessa said without knowing. But if not, I won't be disappointed. <laughs> I doubt I'll say who the same got? thing as what Tessa said. Thomas Brody Sangster uh, plays Jojen uh, something, and I think he could be like really fun, like young recruit. Like they do kind of like a Oliver Twist thing. Like he's out pickpocketing, and they're like, "Hey, kid, let's teach you how to drive." Which one's Jojen. He helps Bran uh, with, like, he, like, travels with Bran for a That's while. That's not the kid from Love Actually. Have you watched The Queen's it? Gambit? Yes, it's, it's Love Sam Actually from kid. Love Actually. You want? Yes. yes. I said yes. Natalie yeah. Dormer. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Yeah. Great face. Wow. He's in Queen's Gambit? <laughs> he is in Queen's Gambit, and he's 30 and, and now. Dur- it's crazy. Uh, uh, I feel uh, very old. Dudley is in that, too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Harry Melling. He's in like all Netflix stuff now. He was in Buster Scruggs. He was in that Charlize movie, The Old Guard. He's around. Huh. We've got to watch The Queen. We've got to watch that show. We were just talking about Anya Queen's Taylor Gambit? Joy. You really do. Yesterday. Everyone watches. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only people who haven't watched. <laughs> who did I say I wanted? I don't even remember now. Did I even answer the question? Jon Snow's wife. Oh, is that, is that another answer? That would be a good one. Rose Leslie. Oh, yes, Rose Leslie. I think the you. answer is we're going to get Momoa. I mean. Yeah, I do think we'll. You said the good fight. <laughs> you said the good fight, and I was like, Christine Bransky? <laughs> I love that. that so cool. <laughs> what if she's the one? Christine Bransky like is Mrs. Nobody? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that would be great. I would Piper's watch that mom. movie. I would totally watch that yeah. movie. But yeah, no, Rose, Rose Leslie would be pretty great, yeah, I think. I could see that. Yeah. A lot of great actors in uh, Game well, of Thrones. Well, we got Game of Thrones, but we also talked about Guardians of the Galaxy because we have Vin Diesel who plays Groot. We have... Um, and Tessa does not know who the new cast member is, the I Guardian don't. alum. Like I, I found out looking at IMDb, but she doesn't know. Uh, we have... I'm not going to say Andy anything. spoiled it, telling her that there would be one. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not saying point. anything. Um, it's a great ad, though. Anyway, we got a lot of Guardians people here, too. So I think that could be interesting. I do think that someone like... I think that there's a really good chance that some somehow in the next three movies, we will get Dave Bautista, Jason Momoa, or both. I feel like those are two, like you said, big guys that seem like they would want them in this franchise. Yep. I mean, that's that's the way it goes. I mean, and that just goes to the whole thing. Like, this franchise has been going for eight movies plus... Hobbs and Shaw, but even that's not going to, even that has not rained on. If Hobbs and Shaw and a literal pandemic cannot change how people feel about this franchise, I mean, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, I I love these movies. I know it's ridiculous and silly and they're insane, but, uh, and I I have, you know, I immediately, you know, as much as I was like, hey, eight's not for me, I kind of am hopeful that if they had Hobbs and Shaw, I'm like, maybe you guys are like getting that energy out over here. And uh, the trailer for nine makes me positive. It just seems like they're focusing more on our our roots as (laughs) fast fans. Okay. Really quick, before we go into the final rankings, just just a, a brief foray back into Furious stats. The combined budget for all nine movies, Hobbs and Shaw being number nine, $1.2 billion. Total gross, $5.89 billion. That's making some money. They, they can't be mad at that. <laughs> I mean, they can, but they shouldn't be. All right, let's do... Um, I, oh, go ahead. I want to say one other thing, too. And I'll stand by this. If you if you look at the Rotten Tomato scores for all the movies, you have to get to Fast Five before something is fresh. And it doesn't just become fresh because it hits that 70% mark. It's the certified fresh. Hobbs and Shaw has the same fresh rating as Fate of the Furies. They both have 67%. Whereas the first four movies have 53, 36, 36, and I'm not, I'm not looking at a live stat here, but Fast and Furious, the fourth movie, also is rotten. How in the world? Like, that's the problem with metrics, right? They only tell you about things at a point in time. If we went back and reevaluated, there's no way that Hobbs and Shaw is better than the first four movies. 
No. If you look up any list, it's going to not say that. But it's also, we appreciate those with time and we see how these, you know, plots that they've planted have grown and the fruit that they have borne. So I just, you know, it, Rotten Tomatoes is, yeah. Is rotten. Who cares? Are you, They're are wrong. you giving it a rotten rating? <laughs> All right, Megan Spell. Yes. What is, certified rotten. <laughs> what is the worst movie? What is the number nine movie in the franchise? For me, it's Hobbs and Shaw. Same. Correct. <laughs> Decide. Moving on to number eight. For for me, it's eight. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Yeah. I uh-huh. think for me, it has to be two. I don't really like two that much. I understand Sam's whole argument about where how two is actually where the DNA of this franchise comes from. Like, that actually... It's more like the rest of the franchise is more like two than it is like one. I get that. But to me, I still just didn't really enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the other ones. They were still working some mm-hmm. stuff out. Megan, I'm going to agree with you. And I didn't know that I was going to do that until this very moment. I'm not sure. But but I remember. So something I said yesterday that really stuck with me is that the characters are wrong in eight. Like the, there's just. Yeah the the incorrect things they that that movie is not true to those characters so actually i i also think that's correct tessa is wrong number 7 <laughs> i no they are not <laughs> number 7 uh 2 so i'm going to invert basically and say 8 and i'm going to put the first one there so we have disagreement mm-hmm. well tessa already knows that i think yes. the second one is objectively better than the first one because as tessa just said Two is where the DNA of the series comes from. It It is where the vision... I, I think Justin Lin looks back at two and sees it as the narrative thread that we pull through, the the bondness of it all, you know, the, the kind of the plot threads. You can already see street racing becoming not as important. It feels weird to say that, but... Eh. Yeah, no, I get it. One is one is kind of a piece of its own in a way, but I I still love it, so it, it's higher on my list. But we already hashed this out in, in our fast five so, discussion, so I won't. We don't need to reevaluate too much. So where? So what is number six then? So this is when I'm like, okay, now I'm just like all of the rest of these. I'm just happy to be here, you know. So I think for me, it's six. Is it bad that I'm still like having to like the <laughs> last the last three movies have definitely kind of started <laughs> to run together for me. Like I still remember them and I still have distinct opinions about them, but I have to be like, wait, wh- which one is the one with Jason Statham? Which one's the one with, you know, like I've got to like sort them all out right. in my head. No, I'm constantly like, and they parachute the cars out of, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'm going to go, I think I'm actually going to put one at number six. Yeah. I think that's where I'm going to put number one. Okay. And then I'm going to put two there. So basically, we're kind of all in almost the same ballpark. Yeah, we're chasing around each other. What What about five? Five is one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think we can agree what half things belong in pretty much at this yes. point. Yes. Uh, and like you said, like once you get past that, it, they're all pretty good. I'm going to say number five is Tokyo Drift for me. I just don't like Lucas Black. I just don't like him. I mean, no, I, I like Han. Absolutely, I like, absolutely correct. And I like <laughs> the atmosphere of it, but as a movie, like I just cannot stand Lucas Black as our POV character. 
Like pick you could have picked yeah, any no. other character out of a hat and he would have been a better POV character. Okay. I understand. All right. Question for both of you. Lucas Black or Scott Eastwood? I mean, I'm not thrilled with either, but Scott Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that too. I it's fast yeah, it's Furious Seven where he comes back like where he goes to Tokyo and meets Lucas Black's character and we get to see the scene after the race where he talks to Lucas Black. Right. And like I love that they like try to pretend that Lucas Black hasn't aged a day like since Tokyo Drift like Well they still use flip phones. Like they they show us they show us footage from (laughs) Tokyo Drift and they're all like, you know I mean he already wasn't a teenager when he was playing in Tokyo Drift. He was playing a teenager. Right. But then like the scene afterwards he's like aged ten years. Like he's just like like this middle age like another thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they did that though, because like only only Fashion Furious would be like, remember this movie that none of you guys liked and this lead actor that none of you guys liked? Well, uh, he was in the series, and so we're bringing him he back. Like, no one was like, if Lucas Black isn't in this movie, I walk. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, but they're like, we got to. So I, I'm putting Tokyo Drift there, too. Megan, I have to share this with you. I consider, and this is weird because most of these are considered not good, I think Han is the greatest pop culture retcon of all time genius come up with a better like it is (laughs) it is one and two it is neck and neck with darth vader as luke's father as far as like (laughs) i'm i'm here to tell you like like cultural impact sure vader's got the nod over han Right, but right. Man. There are no Han Christmas sweaters, although I would wear one. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think that that's like, I, I, I think generally, generationally speaking, that's like right up there. I, I think that. Um, all right. So number four, for a decision to be so popular, like it's so ridiculous that, it, but it was so popular, everyone's like, we're not going to question this. Han's alive. But you know, that's the, you know, we talk about. It's actually funny to talk about it in in terms of Star Wars because it's one of those things where. The Star Wars franchise, as Tessa loves to say, just because you love a pop culture franchise doesn't mean it will love you back. The Fast and Furious franchise loves us back. Yeah, it actually they want does. us to be happy. <laughs> I, I gotta wait till There's all the no movies one... come out before I say that. <laughs> Don't screw yeah. it up. Because they're like. There are people in a boardroom being like, people like The Rock, and Vin Diesel's going, people do. But Fast and the Furious fans like Han. And, and I'm like, yes, exactly, Vin. You understand. Is, is Vin Diesel the only person in Hollywood who actually cares about us, the fans? Is Vin Diesel the only one I can trust? I, Maybe. Okay, so I have heard something <laughs> just now. What I heard was, give Vin Diesel a Star Wars franchise. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'm it sure it would be, be unhinged, but I'd watch it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love the man. The number of times I yelled, now this is pod racing at the screen during this series. I'm sorry. Number four. <laughs> uh, for me, Tokyo Drift. I'm going to go Fast and Furious 6. Samesies. Number three. Okay, so I think our top threes are all the same. Not like exactly the same, but I think we all have the same top three. And that is for you? You want me to just run through? I want you to give us the top three. Three, yeah, two, one. All right. Four, seven, five. Mine's slightly different. I mean, Ooh. it's the same movies. Mm-hmm. Mine is, is wrong. Slight... Yes. No. How is she wrong? <laughs> it's four, 
five seven for me. I really oh, okay. enjoyed that's fair. seven. Really enjoyed seven. And that's you know what you're thinking with your heart, and that's never but, wrong when you're talking. But it's close, like you said. Like at this point, <laughs> it's really just like a personal judgment call because five is obviously really good. I know people don't like four. I didn't, and I don't know why. I really enjoyed it. Maybe I'm just not plugged into the Fast and Furious fan base but for me it was actually pretty good i really liked four too i think the reasons i really like four is because it's setting us up for five but i'll take it <laughs> and sam your top three? Oh, it's it's what megan said oh okay i see i see so we were, <laughs> we were very similar very similar yeah okay well that was a good rank that list a I consensus think. All right, guys, until Fast and Furious 9 is released, it's time to scatter. We have had so much fun watching through these movies and sharing our thoughts and experiences with you, our dear listeners. Sam, should we do this again next year? You mean all of them again or just 9? I was just thinking maybe like another limited series. Like, I don't know, watching through all the X-Men movies or... I don't know. What do you guys think? Should, what what franchises should we do another limited series on? Tweet at us. Email us. We want to know what you thought of the series as a whole or if you have a different ranking of these movies than we do. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at monkeybacklog and email us at monkeyoffmybacklog at gmail.com. Where can we find you, Megan? Excellent. I can be found online at spellmegan, S-P-E-L-L-M-E-G-A-N, at, on Twitter, on Letterboxd, uh, wherever. And I'm always happy to talk movies and argue about Fast and Furious. So please, hit me up. You can find Sam on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris 9 and on Letterboxd at Archie Leach 9 And you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Suela Tessa. Also, check out our regular weekly episodes of Monkey Off My Backlog, as well as our newest series, Monkey Nights. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The only thing that matters is the people in this room, right here, right now. Salute me, familia.